HVAC 360, episode number 46, Air Pressure Switches. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. This week, we're going to be talking about air pressure switches. It's another uh, control type of a device. Um, but before I get into that, I want to take care of a couple of housekeeping items. Um, I want to thank some people for writing some awfully nice things about me on the iTunes, uh, uh, iTunes store, uh, namely Nicholas and Jeff. I appreciate both of you. Uh, those are very kind words, and I appreciate the ratings. If anybody else wants to, uh, you know, pen their comments, I'd be most appreciative of them as well. I'll give you a shout out on the show, even. All right. So, getting back to the air pressure switches, going through some of the control devices that you typically find in an air system. Um, this is an air pressure switch. Sometimes they're known as a uh, high limit switch or a low limit switch, or you can even use these type of devices on. Uh, uh, filters, for filters, dirty filters. So they come in a couple different types, and I, I'm going to s- focus on w- the one particular type that I see, you know, all the time. Uh, so the three different types that, that I, I know about, and there might be others, but uh, primarily you're going to have the most common, which I'm going to talk about, which is the diaphragm type. Um, you're going to have a, a bellows type of uh, switch, and you're going to have a Borden tube. Uh, Borden tube. Now, the last one that is actually mostly for gauges because uh, it's a it's actually a curved tube that, as the pressure increases, it kind of straightens out. So you have some sort of mechanical uh, lever arm that and spring action that actually moves a uh, a gauge or a, a dial. So bellows type a little bit less common. Uh, typically, those are going to be one side is going to be hooked up to a, uh, a pressure side, and the other side is going to be atmospheric, so it's just going to expand and contract. But again, most of these are made uh, for uh, a simple contact. Uh, the diaphragm type, obviously, you have this kind of differential pressure that's either making or breaking a contact. So uh, uh, we're, we're, you know, typically, again, um, I think that uh, some of the optional features... Uh, that uh, that we can talk about, and again, we're going to focus more on that diaphragm type, um, is you have some sort of auto reset, which I don't see all, uh, all that often. Most common, you're going to have a manual reset, which, in essence, if you look at it, uh, the, bell- the, the diaphragm type, uh, if, you, if you take a look at it, kind of looks like a, uh, uh, kind of like a, a thin deck of cards. Um, and then you have uh, a, a, a box like a standard uh, two-by-two box on top of it, uh, some sort of electrical box on top of it that's going to be have the working parts in there, and then you're going to have a little black button that, that, that pops out of that uh, that's going to be the manual reset. So if it trips, you want to hit that, and then you're going to be, uh, you're going to be back in business. So you know, how does it work? Uh, really, you got the, uh, when you take a look at the, the main body of it, um, you know, again, it's kind of this this uh, thinner metal piece, uh, maybe like a half inch thick. Uh, on the bottom of it, you're going to have two connections, two tubing connections. Um, you can either hard pipe these, or I, I've I've seen a lot of uh, them connected with plastic pipe. But you're going to have a high side and a low side. Now, that's probably of all the things on this box, 
it's critical to know what's the high side and what's the low side. Because if something's going to go wrong, that's, that's really what you want to check. Uh, typically, you're going to find either a high or a low, H-I-L-O, um, on, on the body itself, stamped into the, the body of the diaphragm, um, on the exterior casing, rather. Uh, so that, uh, uh, those are going to be the two primary ports. Now, you're going to also have a set screw in there uh, when you take off the cover to that, uh, 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 that, electrical that electrical box. So if you take off the cover that has that reset switch on it, um, there's going to be some sort of set screw. That's going to be what you're going to use to uh, set your sensitivity to exactly you know, what, what sort of pressure uh, that you're going to allow it to trip at. So where do you find these in systems? Typically, it's going to be around the air handling uh, unit. Typically, you're going to see it downstream of the supply fan or upstream of the return fan. Uh, realistically, most of the time I see them on casings, um, but depending on the configuration of your ductwork or uh, of your unit, uh, you might actually actually see them slightly downstream. It might be just on the discharge ductwork. Anywhere that's downstream of the discharge uh, on the supply fan is, is typically going to work. Um, so again, you just you you want to sense that that pressure for the high limit. If it's going to be the, the high limit's going to be on the discharge side of the supply fan, the low limit's going to be on the uh, the suction side of the uh, the return fan. Um, so, and of course, if you're going to measure the uh, the filters, have a dirty filter switch. Uh, those going to be around the uh, the uh, the filters. So most of these you would mount with the tubing towards the bottom. It's going to be, you're going to mount it vertically on the face and it's, the tubing is going to be uh, towards the bottom. There's a couple of different ways that uh, I've seen them penetrate the HVAC uh, housing casing or the, the air handling unit casing. Um, typically, they're going to they're gonna drill them out. Uh, you might see the tubing, you know, the tubing just passing uh, kind of, you know, you know, bare bones naked through the uh, through the uh, the casing, and they may cock around it, or they should, because you want to make sure that it's a, a, a tight seal. Uh, some others I've seen, uh, you know, recently, uh, they've actually used uh, some static pressure fittings that look real nice. So the static pressure fishing fittings are these. Uh, you, you, yeah, I'm sure they come in a different variety of shapes, sizes, and colors. But the ones that I was looking at, uh, these were brass fittings that just kind of screwed into the housing. So you connected the tubing on the one side, and on the other side, uh, you connected uh, the tubing to that. So they really looked. Uh, they really looked nice. A lot of times, you're going to have if you if you take a look at the uh, uh, at the at the unit itself, the air pressure switch, the high limit, low limit. Um, you're going to find one of the, uh, either the highs or the lows, uh, disconnected. It's going to be open to the atmosphere. And that's going to be your reference pressure to make sure that, uh, you know, you get the right, you get the right measurement. So similar to the, what you'd find in the, in the diaphragm type. And obviously it's, you know, again, the high and the low, it's so easy to get confused. That's, that's really what you want to check. Typically, you know, obviously it's going to be backwards sometimes. Um, other times I've seen uh, cases where the tubing was missing or not connected. It's not screwed on. It's not tight. Uh, or it's on the wrong side, especially if you're, if you're looking at the like a dirty filter switch. Sometimes that can get uh, kind of confusing exactly, you know, where it you know, where it lands. Sometimes it has to go through a, a filter frame uh, to be on the right side. So 
you really have to you have to take a, a close look at that. That's kind of you know they they put it in, they install it, and that's where they leave it off. Those are some of the things that that they may not. And by they, I'm talking about you know, the controls guys uh, or whoever is installing the devices for them. It sometimes might be a, it might be the electrician. So. How do you test this? How do you set this? Clearly, you have, you have the set screw in there, but how does one go about setting it? I mean, it doesn't really have a, a gauge inside. It's just a simple set screw. But what you want to do is you really want to, and I'm sure there's a thousand and one different ways that uh, you can do this. This is the one I've seen most common, uh, where you pull out a magnahelic gauge. This is a gauge that measures pressure. It, it's, it, it, it measures the appropriate pressure that you're trying to set it for, obviously. You don't want to have something that uh, you're trying to set it and it's not in range or it's it's not the right scale. So you, you want to make sure that you get the right scale, uh, magnahelic. So you hook up your tubing, you get a little splitter, and you either use like a little like a little hand pump or uh, you can either you know, even use uh, just blow into the tube. So you can blow into the tube, have one side of the splitter go into the magnahelic so you can measure the pressure there. The other side is going to go to um, you know the appropriate side of your uh, of your uh, switch. So when you blow into it, you're going to watch the gauge climb, 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 and when it's this, you know, where the set screw setting is, when it hits that setting, it's going to click off. So if you have the unit, you can do this while the unit's running. So you kind of, kind of, you know, replicate uh, a real live. Uh, type of application. So what you should do is like disconnect the tubing, apply, you know, connect the magnahelic tubing um, to the right side of the port, to the correct side of the port, and blow in there wherever it trips. That's exactly where it, where it sets. The unit should shut down at that point, uh, and then if you hit the reset switch, it should come back on. Um, obviously, you want to be able to take a little, uh, you know, screwdriver and, and change the set screw so it, it you know, closely... Uh, you know, closely matches what you're trying to set it for. And that's kind of the next question. Okay, now that you kind of, you know how to set it, you know, what do you set it for? Now, obviously, dirty filters are, are pretty pretty obvious. You're going to set it, set it for, you know, whatever you want the, the dirty filters, um, you know, to be set for, whether it be, you know, a half inch, three quarters of an inch, um, you know, some sort of static pressure drop that would indicate that the filters are dirty. This might be something that the maintenance staff might want to play with over time, depending on what they feel is dirty, what they see. You know, it's, it's, that might be more of an experience-based thing. Um, but the high and the low limit, those are pretty, uh, pretty rigid. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, the ductwork is going to have a specific pressure class that's going to be designed for. Now, what's a pressure class rating? Well, it's kind of a combination of, you know, the, the thickness of the metal, the gauge of the metal uh, that the ductwork's constructed out of. However, it's been reinforced, uh, the joints and the different sealants that are being used. Uh, and all that is kind of based on, at least, you know, here in the U.S., it's going to be based on SMAC. Now, it's the sheet metal uh, sheet metal manufacturers or the sheet metal guys. Sheet metal guys. So they have a, uh, a guideline or a manual that'll tell you exactly, you know, if you want this, you know, this 
so many inches of static pressure, you're going you're gonna to make it, you know, this thick of the metal gauge. You're going to have it this, you know, the re- this type of reinforcing, uh, this type of duct sealant, um, and things like that. Uh, international listeners, you can actually get, you know, the uh, the SMACNA guide. I think it's available. If if there's not something like that where you know of, you know, ask around. Uh, it definitely is a good uh, starting point for anybody you know, looking to um, uh, figure out exactly, you know, what the duck construction is. I'll put a link in the show notes uh, for those of you who want to just at least take a look at it online. So now that you got the, the pressure class rating uh, and you know what that is designed for, you want to set, obviously, the, the, the limit to uh, less than that, just, you know, slightly less than that. Um, you don't want to exceed it. Uh, meeting it is probably a bad idea, too. Uh, really, I mean, <laughs> what that means is ba- basically if you meet or exceed the pressure class rating, there's a good chance that you're going to end up blowing out the ductwork. Um, it's either going to explode or it's going to implode. I know uh, on a couple occasions, um, you know, there had been a case um, in 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 construction where they had used the, uh, the they were they were run the units and temporarily uh, some damper slink, linkage wasn't uh, wasn't hooked up uh, and sometime during the night it slipped. Well, when it slipped and this was on the return side, the plenum that it was a uh, built up plenum, a uh, constructed plenum, um, it just kind of just you know imploded. Um, and there was a lot of work that had to go into, you know, pushing it back out, reinforcing it, making sure that it was, you know, uh, airtight again. And uh, uh, there's a lot of damage that can be done rather quickly uh, if you don't have these devices on there. So, again, you know, it, uh, it's really to protect the ductwork, um, these two devices. This is kind of why they, why they you know, exist, what, you know, what their existence is. Really, in a constant speed system, if you're talking about a constant volume system, uh, you know pretty quickly, you know, you know whether or not, um, you know, it's 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 you know it's doing its job, um, because typically, if you have exceeded the pressure class or it's not uh, it's not doing its job, it'll it'll be it'll be known pretty uh, very quickly um, whether or not, yeah, you got it right. In a VAV system, it's a it's a little bit different. Um, part of the reason why you want to do this is because the VA, you know, the, on the VAV, your, uh, VFD, your variable speed drive isn't typically, uh, or isn't always sized at hundred percent of the load. So you have a little bit of room and this, this may be, you know, in some cases in a, maybe in a retrofit application, it may be uh, very significant. Like you're taking it down quite a bit to reduce the airflow, uh, you know, based on based on a couple things that that you've done uh, in a retrofit application, or even on a new application, you you leave yourself a little bit of slack there at the end of the motor. So if you wanted more air, you can get more air, but that leaves still leaves more power there if something goes wrong. And typically, what you're gonna what you're gonna find is that um, you know sometimes if if the the VFD goes bad, um, you're gonna override it. And that the override takes it to 100%. So that's kind of one scenario. Um, a couple different other scenarios uh, that happen is that um, 
you know, if, if you return, like I was saying, if uh, some dampers close on the return side, then you get a, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, 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 you know, some blockage, essentially, blockage in the airflow in the ductwork. And that's, that's going to really uh, um, play havoc on it. If you have a fire damper somewhere downstream, um, that could be an indication, um, you know, especially if it's if the uh, the static pressure sensor that you're uh, running your VFD on is uh, downstream of that, so it's in between the fan and the the pressure sensor. That's going to kind of isolate the pressure sensor and not necessarily allow it to uh, you know operate properly. So if the fire damper shuts and you start building up static pressure and you just don't know because I mean. You, that that's your fan. The only thing your fan knows is what the static pressure is, you know, downstream of that fire damper. It's going to blow out the ductwork. So you the, you you have the high limit there uh, to trip it to make sure that it's safe. Um, and a lot of times, uh, you know, if you rely on the static pressure sensor, say everything goes goes normally to plan. Um, in in uh, you know, for instance, um, you know, in the case where you're reading the static pressure sensor. Sometimes your your VFD is not going to react that fast that that you're kind of ex- exceeding that um, that set point. So the high limit and the low limit they provide a quick response to a change in the static pressure. Uh, just again, just to protect that ductwork, because um, I guess not only is it, is it going to be you know I mean an explosion essentially in the ductwork um, that could also have some sort of other ramifications. You know whether or not it hit, hit you know, hit conduit, um, you know, causing shorts, other things. A lot, a lot of damage can happen uh, because of a uh, a, a ductwork um, uh, kind of uh, exceeding its pressure class. So, those are some of the things that I think about when we talk about high limit or different air pressure switches. So, I hope that was helpful. I know it was kind of a a brief discussion today, but I just wanted to throw that out there and get get something to you, get get you more to chew on. So uh, appreciate each and every one of you. I think it's really great. Uh, you are leaders in the industry, so thank you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you have any show suggestions, I'm always uh, always receptive to those. You can give me a holler. My email is matt at buildingx.co, or if you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't post a lot. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, sometimes I do, um, you can follow me at BuildingX. Uh, otherwise, if uh, on LinkedIn you want to connect with me professionally, I'll be more than happy to do that. Just send me a request, and we can get that going. And otherwise, if you want to know some of the uh, behind-the-scenes details and uh, a little bit more, uh, you could sign up for the Building X newsletter uh, right at buildingx.co. So until next time... Remember, know what you build and share what you know.